The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. Hello, Jason. Hello, Joni. Here we are back in the studio. We are. No technical malfunctions. Nope. No, nothing. Nothing nope. can actually. The first, as soon as we say nothing can go wrong, there'll probably be a power outage. No, 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 nothing will go wrong. And uh, for people listening, if you've been listening regularly, you will know that there was not a podcast last week. My mom noticed, but yeah, she scolded me. Slightly. Well, she tell her to scold me. It was because I had technical malfunctions. I was in Los Angeles. For some reason, the Skype recorder just decided not to work, and yeah. I tried another way. And after after poor Jason trying to do it twice, I said, okay, never mind. We'll just skip it. Totally fine. However, I did get an interesting phone call this week. I had a person calling looking for help for, I think it was a friend of theirs. Okay. And as soon as I got on the phone, she said, you're, vo- you're Jason from the podcast. I was like, Yeah. And I was just like, I momentarily felt like, well, maybe I'm like slightly famous. <laughs> Not really. It was weird. I, it was like, I, I always wondered how I would react to the, that, that kind of attention. I was like, right. it's okay. It's just something I do. It's no big deal. She's like, oh, I'm a podcast junkie. And this is like, I love your podcast. So if you're listening, thank you. That was actually really cool. That's awesome. And I that means a lot to me because that's, we know that people are downloading it. We know we have right. over 7,000 downloads, mm-hmm. but to actually hear from someone who listened to it right. and reached out to Narcanon, I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I'm fairly certain that other people maybe have done it, but maybe not quite so directly. Sure. But that, I think that's very cool. Yeah. And my aunt uses this for her health class. She teaches, you kids, that, yeah. she t- teaches kids about drugs. And so she, um, she uses it for that. And I think, I hope other people are doing that. I think this is a great source of drug education because it's different than what you'll get at a school. It's That's different right. than like the presentations or the speakers. It's like just a conversation between two people, one of which went through addiction and knows things firsthand, right. another who observes it and sees the madness ensuing yep. from the drug epidemic. And so I think we add a very interesting, good perspective on what's going on because it's not every day, you know, kids get to hear you know, from the horse's mouth, so to speak, of like how it is. Well, and not only from you, but also from the other students, the graduates from Narconon that we have interviewed, and also people, other people who work in this industry and in this field and their perspective, you know, like the attorney general and the sheriff. And, you know, there's a lot of, I think, very, very good and different viewpoints that we bring to the table. But this is episode 43. Oh, my God. We are closing in on a year, Jason. I can't, it's gone by <laughs> extremely, extremely fast. I mean, it think, has. think about where we were when we first started versus right. where we are now. Now we've yep. got like, like our comfort level with it. Yeah. We can just go at the first episode. I remember it was just, let's tell my story and just kind of yep. go from there. And yep. here we are. And you know, your story really, which we called like Welcome to the Addiction Podcast right. is one of the top downloads. And I, I think, because I think that's because a lot of people will catch us maybe last week or a few weeks ago and right. then want to go back and sure. hear how we started. But, you know, your story was definitely, you know, I think had a lot of magnitude to it, a lot of... um it was a good story, really yeah. good story. The other one that gets a lot of downloads is Derek's story. Yeah, and is, Derek's story is one of the most powerful to me. I mean, yeah. I, to this day, <laughs> Derek's story still kind of wrenches my heart a little bit. Yeah. And when I see him, it's just great to see him doing so well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is good. And, you know, it's it's people like him, it's people like me, like us. Yep. We're, there's a group of us. Yep. That is pure evidence that a person is not an addict for life. If I was an addict for life, like 
I've been told I would be. Right. I wouldn't be here right now. That's right. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. I wouldn't be in the arena that I'm in. Who's going to trust me? Right. If I'm still an addict, I mean, I, I you could definitely couldn't trust me as an active addict. Right. I'm still an addict, you know, years and years and years later. How could you trust anything I said, did, or whatever? Because if I'm still an addict, that means nothing is literally changed. Like, I've had no gain. Right. And so I, I believe that we do have gains. Yep. You know, past that. And so we're evidence of that. And so anyone listening who thinks you're going to be in, you know, they're going to be an addict for the rest of their lives, let us debunk that let's debunk that right here and now not the case you're not gonna be you're not sick Mm -hmm. you don't have a disease you are not pre-genetically disposed you're not genetically predisposed that's where you're not genetically predisposed to addiction right someone said oh i don't have an addictive personality i I didn't you know i didn't address that but i just you know you don't have that and you and there is hope and i think you bring up a really good point that one of the thing, there are many things I think that set Narcanon aside, but one of the key things is that the people who are there helping the students be, you know, get off drugs and stay off drugs have been there, have experienced it. Mm-hmm. You're not talking to a doctor or some medically trained person who has never experienced addiction. Right. So the, the I can tell you right now that the staff of Narcanon know everything you've gone through. No matter what your story is, they've heard it. You've heard every single story. I don't believe, you'll have to tell me sometime if you go, okay, this one stumped me. And I've never heard of that happening before. I mean. It happened to me yesterday. Oh, it did. Okay, good. All right, let's talk about that It happened to me yesterday. I was talking to a woman who said that it was a family friend's kid was smoking glue. I know you sniffed glue. People have it. Yeah. Smoking glue. And- I said, "Well, are you sure it's it's are you sure it's smoking glue?" And this woman told me exactly what was laid out and what he was looking like and how he was presenting. And I was like, "That's a first! Wow, that's a first!" There's a there's been a lot of firsts though in this epidemic because there it's just like progressively gotten worse and worse and worse. Right. That's like every now and then I will hear of something. That kind of throws me off or stumps me somehow or makes me kind of sit and like, oh, I, I, you know, that's ridiculous or I can't believe that. Or it's like, what is the new low that we're going to sink to as far as drug use goes? Now, one of the things about the epidemic right now is that there's some areas that are having kind of a bittersweet um, victory over opiates. So there's some areas of the country that are noticing opiate overdoses are going down okay and that um the rate of consumption of opiates is reducing and that heroin isn't isn't as readily available anymore but on the flip side of that they're seeing meth use skyrocketing right so what's happening is that people are are switching addictions yep from opiates like heroin pills to methamphetamine and that's troubling Right. To some people, because it's like amid this huge opiate crisis, we see meth use starting to go through the roof. And it's like, you can't make heroin in your house. Yeah. I mean, to make heroin, it takes like a like a, a refining, a big refining process. Like where they make heroin in Afghanistan and in Mexico, it's like these labs almost, mm-hmm. or refining labs, where they, where they refine the opium into heroin. Mm-hmm. But meth is one of those things that all it takes is the right chemicals in a two-liter bottle now. Mm-hmm. And you can make meth in your own house. 
back in the day, meth labs were like these like big operations where, you know, it was tons of toxic chemicals and you couldn't really hide it. And you had to like stick it in, you know, like, like in a uh, breaking bad, you had to stick it in a Winnebago <laughs> like out in the desert. Um, now it's like, there's something called a one pop method, which is what's really popular, I guess, to make low amounts of low grade meth, but anybody can do it. And so what's causing other, is that other people like your normal lay people can cook meth. Now you don't have to know much about what you're doing. You don't have to have the huge giant lab anymore with this one pop method. Anyone can do it. You can do it anywhere. Um, it still has the, uh, the ordinary risks of cooking meth, like caustic chemicals, um, explosions. toxic fumes, explosions, <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's on a smaller scale. So it can be hidden more, you know, way more huh. easily. And so what's happening is that in areas in the area that I write about, it's in New York, they're seeing meth labs popping up all over the place, and these tiny little like conco- little, like put together things that you could just hide in the trunk of your car Bunsen if you wanted to move burner. it, or you could hide, mm-hmm. yeah, like, seriously, yeah. Or you could just hide it in um in a closet or something. And so that's that's actually really scary because all you need is like residential homes in suburbia just like exploding one after another make was they're making meth or it's meth being made incorrectly or something goes on and doesn't work out correctly what it it is it creates low amounts of low-grade meth now what most people think of when they think of meth they think of ice it looks like these like shards or these glass shards or crystals okay clear but this stuff makes like a like a weird like chunky powder um, that's not really sought after, but people make it for their own consumption. And the the troubling thing also is that you can get all of the ingredients to make meth online. Right. They come from they come from China usually. You can literally it used to be back in the day you had to like get together a bunch of addicts and send them all to different pharmacies to get Sudafed. Mm-hmm. Now you can get pounds of Sudafed online from um from China. Because nothing, virtually nothing is regulated over there. Wow. And so it just comes into the country and and all you need is a credit card and internet connection and you can get the ingredients to make meth. Wow. So I, I know I warned people about the meth problem growing, I think it was a couple months ago we've talked about it. Yep. But now it's actually, they're noticing it's happening. What, what's happening is people who do heroin are seeing that it's a safer alternative to use meth than heroin because you don't hear about overdoses on meth like you do on heroin really you don't, no is, is that because you don't overdose or you you be, i mean an overdose on meth is going to be like a heart attack a stroke or you've been up for so long that you just like kind of fall out but when you do when you do opiates you're it affects your respiratory system oh. so when you overdose you stop breathing okay and then you essentially suffocate to death that's how you die off opiates that's what happens you can overdose on anything. I mean, all an overdose means is that you've taken more than your body can handle. Right. And, and the body you, shuts you, down. Yeah, you've crossed some threshold that your body starts shutting down and you're like going towards death. Right. Now, you don't. people don't just like stop breathing or die like they do off opiates. Uh, uh, they, don't, they don't die and overdose on meth like they do on opiates. Okay. And so some people are seeing, oh my God, there's fentanyl, there's all sorts of stuff going into the heroin and people are dying left, right, and center. Maybe this stuff is just... I still want to get high. Maybe this is just a better alternative. And it's actually true what they're finding is that that's exactly what's happening. It's like people are finding meth to be a safe alternative to heroin, even though they're they're completely different highs. Right. 
completely, completely. They're actually the polar opposite of each other. Really? How yeah. so? Like describe. What well, that I means. mean, a me- when you do meth, it's a stimulant. It's, it's very high grade ah. speed. Oh, that's right, methamphetamine. Right, speed, yeah. and so yeah. it speeds you up. And like when you do meth, you don't sleep for days. You get on all these crazy projects and like finger paint your ceiling and like <laughs> do all sorts of weird stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I made it, it, it. I was talking to a coworker about that earlier about someone doing meth and finger painting a replica of the Sistine Chapel ceiling on. Oh. You know. But but that's what happens. You get over. You get what's called overamped. You get really, 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 really overstimulated, kind of, kind yeah. of. And so a little bit goes a long way. That's why it's also a cheap drug. I mean, you can smoke a little bit of meth and be up for twenty four hours I got on it. like a constant high. Okay. And the redosing isn't as frequent as it is on meth. Also as is on heroin and also on meth there's no big physical sickness like okay. there is on on heroin like really? when you do heroin for a while and you stop you get withdrawals they look like the flu you get nauseous vomiting diarrhea you're just a complete you feel like you have the flu but multiply the flu by about 20 and right. that's opiate withdrawal with meth you just have to stop calm down the crash is very very depressing uh. when you crash off meth it's very psychological you get very depressed you have no energy a lot of people who use meth long term describe not being able to feel joy in life anymore because it blows out your dopamine. Interesting. Which is a chemical that gets released every time yeah, in your brain. It gets yeah. released every time you do something enjoyable. It's your it's happy like, brain chemical. Yeah, it's your yeah. reward neurochemical. Like like food, sex, drugs, all that shopping, whatever, all right. that releases dopamine. Shopping gives me dopamine. Uh, yeah. Sure. It gives, <laughs> I love shopping to a point. I like shopping, but I don't like spending money, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, so the the crashes and the come downs are di- and the withdrawals are different, but it's not as vile on meth as it is on heroin. And so people are seeing, okay, so I, if I do meth, I won't die. The withdrawal won't be so bad. It's cheaper. And it's like, well, I might as well just go do that. And so we're seeing a lot of people switching over to meth. Okay. In certain areas of the country, which I found to be very, very troubling and interesting because it's like people would rather find another drug than to just say, I should just get off everything. Well, you know, that's, that's easier. That's easier to confront. But that's why we're doing this podcast every day, because right. there are people who just would rather find another drug, alternative drug, or even go to a 12-step program where they know they can sit there for a couple weeks and, and, you know, maybe come off for a little bit and then go right back on to drugs. Yeah, but, but one, I, one pot meth, I mean, I can't believe they even, even simplified cooking meth yeah. to the point where, like, my 10-year-old nephew could probably do it. Ugh. But I have a question. Yes. So the withdrawal, you said, is is very different. In terms of people who come into Narconon, the withdrawal is different, right? In general, it's different. I mean, I've, I can say I've done both drugs. I've gone through both withdrawals. They are vastly different. What about in the what about in the uh, uh, the New Life Sauna Detox? And for anybody that's listening to this as their very, very first podcast, one of the different steps that the Narconon program has is something called the New Life Detox, which includes vitamins, um, exercise and sweating in the sauna because the drugs, um, basically they reside in the fat tissues of the body. The fat tissues are the dumping ground for the body. And so anything the body can't figure out what to do with just dumps into the fat. So the whole, um, purpose of the new life detox is to get those residual drugs out of the fatty tissues. So is that any different with someone who's done meth versus heroin? Yes. And I also want to back up a little bit and get sure give the people listening a little bit of education. So we said how the withdrawals are different. Right. And the come downs are different between opiates and meth. Right. Also, a person's physical appearance is different when they're on the two drugs. 
So let me give everyone a little bit of hatting. Okay. So when a person is high on opiates, it's going to cause your pupils to become very tiny, which we call pinpoint pupils. They can right. become very constricted. Now, in meth, it's the opposite. You get these big, giant, like, frisbee-sized pupils. <laughs> like, when a per- you, you imagine a person on LSD that's tripping yep. and their pupils are huge. Yeah. That's what happens on meth. Okay. Also, people on meth are going to have rapid weight loss. They're also, they get a sensation of, of bugs, crawling on their skin after they've been up for a few days they've been using they haven't been eating they haven't been sleeping it's a type of hallucination right uh and they get a creepy feeling on their skin and they'll they'll start picking at themselves and you'll so you'll see someone that uses meth with sores on their open sores on their face okay because they sit there in the mirror picking or they sit there tweezing their eyebrows until their eyebrows are gone or they sit there trying to they'll stare in the mirror for a long time kind of picking at themselves and plucking hairs or doing whatever they call it tweaking out Okay. When a person gets like that. Okay. And so you'll commonly see that. Now with opiates, you're not going to see a person awake for days. The person's going to become very lethargic and very sleepy, do a nod off as we call it when they kind of like fall asleep while they're talking to you or at the dinner table. Maybe sleeping for days. In a, or yeah. in a, they'll fall asleep at inappropriate, inappropriate times. Yeah, kind of okay. inappropriately fall asleep. And a person on meth is going to be hyperactive. Very, very, very hyperactive. And it's, they're going to have extreme weight loss. Um, no sleep, their skin's going to become pale, and they're going to have sores. Okay. Also, remember, the pupils are going to be completely different. Right. Now, when it comes to the sauna detox, people will run out those drugs in kind of in some different ways. I've actually seen a person in come out of the sauna and take a, like a business card and scrape the crystals off their skin. Oh, my goodness. From meth. Oh, my and I've goodness. And I've heard that story... For years being at Narcon, and I've actually seen it. Right. It's not like, it's not like, oh my God, there's sand coming off them, but it's like they, you can kind of like see shininess in their sweat. And if they take like a rough, like a like a firm edge of something or a card or something, right. kind of running across the skin, you'll see little crystals coming off. Wow. And um, people will also re experience, uh, with heroin, people will actually re experience the withdrawals yep. in the sauna. Sometimes for about a couple minutes, they'll feel dope sick again as the drugs are running out. Right. They also, on the flip side of that, they can feel high. Okay. While the drugs are coming out too, and, and do people, the drugs are actually recirculating. Right. And, com- do the, yeah, and do the people who've taken meth do they sometimes get a little hyper yep. in the sauna? Yeah, okay. their pupils will okay. dilate. They, okay. I mean, they'll have they'll actually be under the influence for a moment, but that's caused by the residues of the drugs coming out of the fat tissue recirculating in the blood before it's then eliminated from the body. Right. And now people have to remember in the sauna, it's not just your sweat where you're eliminating toxins. You're eliminating toxins through your bowels. You're eliminating toxins through your urine too. Okay. So that's why we keep the hydration, the food, the nutrition, everything going. So all the body's like evacuation systems right. work appropriately and your sweat is a main yep. evacuation system and also for anybody listening you don't do this all on your own no <laughs> you no. are these these uh, everything you do at narcanon is very very highly tightly supervised yes and so you're not going to go through any of this by yourself so you have someone that you can talk to you say i'm feeling this i'm not sure what this is about you know and someone can help you to make sure you're drinking enough water and taking the proper supplements and such but i was just curious as to the differences and that's you know, the, you you make a good point. Right. And it is. I mean, there's just vast differences. And the fact of the matter is people have to be educated on this stuff. Yes. Because a lot of what I do throughout the day is people will call in and say, okay, so I have a loved one that's experiencing these symptoms. What is it? Right. And I, and I kind of go through it with them. Now, while we're talking about, you know, opiates and meth, we have to bring up benzos. Oh, that's Because that's the third epidemic. And I I want this episode to kind of be a reminder to everyone. Okay. What we're looking at. Right. Because- 
we're not, it's no longer, it's always, it's, and I've said this a million times, it is an overall drug problem. Benzos are one of those drugs that are so easy to get from a doctor is they have literally no back off on giving it to you. And all you have to do is go in and say, I'm anxious, I can't sleep, blah, 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 blah. And you'll walk out with it because it's considered a benign substance to a lot of people. Wow. It's considered not such a big deal. I was given two milligrams of Xanax a day when I was 14 <sighs> for, for nervousness. Me nervous, never. It's a joke with my friends. I'm a little nervous sometimes. (laughs) I can be a little neurotic. Um, But I mean, yeah, so because that was like an undesirable behavior, I was given, I mean, two milligrams for 14-year-old kids, a boatload of Xanax. Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, I'll hear... You know, my parents' friends say, oh, man, I need a Xanax. I'm like, no, what? No, no, no you don't. No, 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 you no, don't. No, no, no. You're saying this I, to the I wrong that, person. Uh, uh, but the, the thing is, older people take this stuff like it's no big deal. Right. And younger people are getting into it more and more and more these days. Like, we, I talked to a woman whose kid is taking 10 Xanax bars a day, which is two milligram pills. Oh, my God. I don't even know how this kid's conscious. I don't oh, even, my God. I, I don't know how he's not dead. That's a lot of Xanax. And the stuff is just coming out in record proportions. And a lot of time, people on methadone are getting put on clonopin and Xanax, which are all tranquilizers in the benzodiazepine class, and they're completely contraindicated. So doctors are still getting away with giving people contraindicated medications together. Like if you take methadone and a benzo, the likelihood of you stopping breathing is very high. And so, you know, we get a lot of people that need to get detoxed off both, and it's extremely dangerous. People don't realize that just like any other drug, benzodiazepines like Valium, Clonopin, Xanax, Ativan, Lorazepam, all that stuff, it's very physically addictive, just like any other drug. Right. And your body's going to build a tolerance to it, just like any other drug, except the withdrawal of benzos is one of the few withdrawals that can kill you. Wow. Just like alcohol. There's two withdrawals. So, it's, so obviously that's medically supervised. Medi- you have you to that? be medically yeah. detoxed off benzodiazepines, methadone, and alcohol. Okay. Now, methadone is just a vi- – you know what methadone is, right? Yes. It's a yeah, vile yeah. detox. Right. I mean, I've never seen people more uncomfortable than coming off methadone. That's in a medical setting where they're being tapered off it. Right. It's extremely, extremely uncomfortable. I mean, the drug was a failed drug created by the Nazis. <laughs> They they stopped using it for their soldiers because they saw all these side effects were like really 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 bad. Okay, so so the, it, the guys, the Nazis did it, and the Nazis didn't like it. They what does that like tell it. you? Does that mean oh you're going to run out and try it? Well, the, US, the U.S. government saw it as a great way to get people off heroin in the '60s when all the GIs were coming back from Vietnam, and so right. here we are, and we have methadone clinics in every in every town. Right. Um, it's but the um, standard way to get people off of the standard for heroin. Uh, addiction yeah. anyway go ahead well we um we just get people on lots of concoctions of things that are dangerous and so people have to realize that yeah okay i'm taking xanax that maybe it's no big deal but if you stop taking it you can have a grand mal seizure wow which a grand mal seizure itself necessarily won't kill you but having a grand mal seizure going unconscious falling and slapping your head in the corner of a of a desk probably that'll kill, do it that yeah. kill you that'll do it and so yeah so you have to step them down off of benzos we they, we don't do that at narcanon oh. oh, we send okay. them to medical detox oh, if okay. off benzos methadone or alcohol you must must absolutely need to go to a medical detox do you, is there before, one that you guys use typically? yeah we use a novus novus we okay novus. novus detox okay I mean, novus is our medical detox we really trust them with 
Because they, they don't substitute drugs. They will they step taper, down they, they and down. they will still use supplements and, inje- and vitamin injections to help somebody right. come down off of it. But yeah. Right. They're tapered yeah. down and they're kept comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, methadone detoxes, depending on how long, how much you're on, could take two weeks. Right. You know, we want people to do it safely. And then they come to us and then we get them on the program. Okay. But um, you have to be really careful. And um, well, I guess that brings up another thing. Alcohol <laughs> is one of those just like completely socially acceptable drugs but no one really talks about like the dark underbelly of alcohol right because i we mean do. It's, it's it's a it's it's like the oldest social lubricant ever i mean that's right what, what do you do if you have to go to a dinner party and you don't necessarily want to be there and you've got to talk to people but you're slightly uncomfortable and a little introverted and you don't really like the people there but you're doing it to be nice for a family member or something just have a little glass of wine right but that's okay but that's okay but right. no one's like Hey, man, just have a couple of Xanax. It'll be fine. Or right. do a shot of heroin. It'll be cool. Yep. It's a different kind of thing. It's one of those things. It's like, okay to do this. Yep. And it's okay to do this in large amounts, too, if you want. And yep. hey, you know, one of the quintessential ways to go through college is to be puking in a toilet every weekend. Well, I would disagree that it's okay to do it in large amounts. That I would disagree with because I don't think it is okay to do it in large amounts. But it it typically does escalate like that. And a lot of times people don't think of it as addiction, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, like we've talked about this before, like, oh, Aunt Sally is so much better to deal with when she's had three glasses of wine. Well, you know, three glasses of wine is kind of excessive. You may get something negative now on the blog when I say that, but it's kind of excessive. It is excessive. For me, two glasses is excessive. I'm just saying, because if it, if it's an, if it is impairing your ability to make rational and ethical and moral decisions, it's excessive. The thing in that because it's so socially acceptable, because it yeah. is culturally it's socially acceptable. Yes, drug. it is. Maybe it's, we don't agree with that, but <laughs> it's a socially acceptable drug to you and it's acceptable to use it. Yeah. Virtually anywhere at any right. time. And I mean, did you watch the Super Bowl on Sunday? I mean, how many did. beer ads are, did we see? Yep. Yep. I mean, I saw one. It's like Budweiser. Budweiser was all over. They had the Clydesdales every time. It's one of their big it, deals. Right. And so, you know, it's mar- it's a drug that's marketed to us. Yep. Now, people, the thing I hate the most is when a person goes through any rehab program and say they're a heroin addict. Right. And they're like, it's fine. I'm never going to touch heroin again, but I'm going to smoke pot and drink. Right. <laughs> that is, in effect, substituting one drug for another. But it's like the fact, but what that's very telling to me is they don't consider pot or alcohol to be a quote-unquote drug and that bothers me right or it's considered a soft drug like where like heroin and meth and xanax are considered harder drugs right people are like oh well i mean weed and alcohol that's a softer drug okay look i want to like bust this whole like alcohol is a soft drug thing out the window (laughs) because i've seen some people majorly messed up physically oh yeah not only physically but psychologically and it'd be permanent from alcohol there's a thing called wet brain yeah People have brain damage yep. from drinking too yep. much. Liver damage, liver, liver failure. Liver failure, yep. cirrhosis. There's all this stuff. It's like, how is that? Delirium tremens is, ca- is caused by alcohol. Delirium tremens is not pleasant. No, and alcohol, and can kill you. Alcohol, alcohol withdrawal itself can kill you Yeah, if you're not medically supervised. So how is that a soft drug? How is that like just like not a big deal? Not so soft. And you've told me over and over again that you have people coming to Narcanon who are addicted to marijuana. We do. Okay. 
Hello, everybody. Oh, it's not addictive. It's not a great way drug, gateway drug. You're out of your mind. I'm sorry. Okay, Jason, here come the nasty blog comments. I'll probably get some too, but I that's mean, every, okay. Every, I mean, look, every time we talk about weed, we're going to get people that are supporters of it. And we're going to get people that are not supporters okay, of it. And okay, are- well, those supporters then need to hear what I kept talking about in the last two podcasts that never baited on, which was the fifth grader in New Mexico who took gummies to school to share with her friends and they were weed gummies. Okay, there you go. You weed supporters out there. That's disgusting. Okay, fifth grader. What is that? Like 11 years old. Mm-hmm taking gummies to school, sharing them with her friends, and they all got high. Not okay, guys. Not okay. How are you going to regulate that if it's recreationally okay? There you go. Write to Jason. Tell him how much you hate that. (laughs) (laughs) Send me your hate mail. That's fine. But I agree, and I I appreciate your passion when it comes to that because we're we're at a spot where, you know, I get calls from people... And the reason people call rehabs because of marijuana is because they go into it thinking this is a softer drug. This is no big deal. It's just weed. And they smoke and smoke and smoke and eat the edibles and do the tinctures and the drinks or whatever. And then they try to stop. Uh huh. And then they start to realize, oh. It's addictive. I'm actually, I'm actually experiencing a withdrawal from right. this. Right. And commonly what we hear is people have severe anxiety when they stop. They can't sleep. They can't. They have no appetite. Okay. And they're very, very, very edgy. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Gee, and, but it's not addictive, Jason. But people, and you know, it might be I'm saying that, that very facetiously. I know. And it might be that the public doesn't want to look at that because we've taken this thing pretty far at this point. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And people who really, really support it aren't going to just say, oh, okay, well, we were wrong. So Of course mind. not. And, you know, the people that are against it aren't going to go, oh, oh, I guess we're wrong and that, that'd be it. Yep. We've taken this thing pretty far and people get pretty passionate yep. about this topic because it's presented new problems for yep. a society that we didn't have before. Like, the Well, a gu- fifth grader taking THC-laced gummies to school, that's a pretty yeah. freaking big problem. Yeah, that's that's a new problem that we didn't have before, med- before legalization of marijuana. Exactly. You know the you know the fact that er visits in certain areas have gone up because of um intoxication to marijuana where people have panic attacks or yep. they become momentarily psychotic or start hallucinating because they took too much in a, uh, the, in a candy bar the statistics or, the statistics exist people just don't want to confront it because they want to be able to smoke their weed you know we, when we, they come from work or what have you and so they don't want to confront the statistics we, on it we've just taken it this far now yeah. no one's going to back down and the yep. fact of the matter is as with any drug that's new and is brought onto the scene it's going to bring a host of problems and you're going to have people that are for it. you have people that are against it that's people right. are going to say it's immoral some people are going to say this is the best thing since sliced bread the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter who's wrong in this or who's more right in this what matters is is that we do the right thing for our society Mm -hmm. period and that every family out there does the right thing for their families and that everyone out there who's thinking about taking a drug does the right thing for themselves i got to the point where i'm like you know what the people that support 
you know, medical marijuana, they really support it. But all I know is I don't have to take it. Right. And I can teach people about it and give them the information. They have to make that decision for themselves. That's true. There was a point in time where I wanted to jump on top of every soapbox I could find and go on every mm -hmm. TV station, news station, radio station, the highest mountaintop and be like, what are you guys? You guys are idiots. But I realized the way I can make our opinion known and the way we feel about it known is one, we don't have to use it. Right. Two, our families don't have to use it. Right. And three, we can just give people the data. Yes. And they have to make that decision for themselves. Exactly. You know, I started getting to the point where I was like, when am I going to just convince the world that drugs are bad? I was like, well, I don't have to do that to convince the world drugs are bad. I mean, drugs drugs are bad, okay? Right. Everyone's going to laugh. Um, drugs are bad. Drugs, drugs are bad, too, you know? And some people think certain drugs are less bad than others, but all I can do is give people the data all we can and that's what you and you too all we, yep. what we can do is give people the information at the end of the day they have to make the choice they're the ones taking it that's exactly correct and you i want to change what i said at the beginning where i said there's nothing anybody listening can tell jason that is brand new there obviously are things that might be brand new but here's the thing no matter what it is narcanon is equipped to handle it even if they have to send you to a medical detox first Narcanon is equipped to handle your addiction. Yes. Even if you think you are different than anybody else out there, you are different than anybody else out there, but I'm telling you that the technology that Narcanon uses works on a consistent basis with over 70% of the people that come. 79% the last time we talked about it, find me another rehab that has a 79% success rate, including two-year follow-up, of no reversion, find it for me. And I will I will talk to those people on the podcast. I, I, I will. I'll talk to them on the podcast. But I know it doesn't exist. And so if you want a 79% chance for yourself or for your loved ones to become sober and stay sober, then you need to contact Narcanon. That's the bottom line. Because no matter what you're into, they got a solution for you. And we're here to help. So yep. Anyone listening, don't don't be shy, don't be bashful, don't think we can't help you because you've been to rehab before and it hasn't worked, or you've been to an IOP clinic and you never stopped using, or you know you just got yourself to a situation where it seems like there's no way out. There is, um, yep. and it's no obligation. Just call and talk to somebody. At least we can give you some good advice. Exactly. And if you stay on the podcast till the very end, you'll hear the lovely ladies tell you the phone number, but the website is narcanonsuncoast.org. And there's a chat person and there's a phone number on there. We have our own special phone number because we're hoping people call in from the podcast. So stay on till the end and we'll be here again next week. Until next week. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcononsuncoast.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 